to Detroit Strange. This show. The one you're currently <laughs> listening to. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. And that's Alex over there. That other voice is Jess. Also true. Yes. We are speaking yep. the truth today. I'm coming to you live from my closet. Fun. Mm-hmm. Trying to experiment. Put up a bunch of blankets. Gonna see if this helps sound. Yeah. I mean, it can't hurt, you know? No, that's what I figured. I might pass out because it's hot, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hopefully you made yourself a cool drink. No hot toddies today. No, definitely not. Although, actually, like, drinking hot beverages can help cool you down just because it makes you sweat. But it's an unpleasant cool. Yeah, that's like a trick in, like, um, I want to say India or something like that, where it gets over 100 degrees regularly. Yeah, because they serve, like, I think hot chai tea all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. I'm not a heat person. Like, no. if it gets above 80, I'm like, fuck this. I don't mind, but I don't like being inside a hot building. Like, that. Yeah. I don't mind being outside and, like, sweaty a little bit to a certain, like, 90s kind of where I start to be like, I don't like this anymore. But right. inside in the 80s, it already, it sucks. You know, like, my we don't have air conditioning and our house is hot. Yeah, I can imagine. At least you're on the first floor, you know? Yeah, yeah. But we get in that weird, like, is it better to have the windows open or closed thing, too? Because sometimes oh, it's... Oh, I've been debating that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it helps to keep them closed because you don't let out the cool air that's in here. Yeah. Um, But then I think at a certain point, there's, like, a flip where, you know, the sun has heated the building. So, like, now the air is just all hot. So... Then you need the cross breeze. Yeah, it's like a tricky line to balance. I've been trying to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. I did cave mm-hmm. and turn the air on today, especially because uh, my sister and dog are visiting and my dog d- does not like the heat. <laughs> she was uh, having some hard times with the hotness outside. Aw, poor puppers. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's an older gal, too. She is. A little sweetie, though. She is. Mm-hmm. Jess, other Jess, mm-hmm. like... Is obsessed with her just because she's like, she's just like a stuffed animal. You literally like, because one time we were hanging out, I just like, all right, let me carry her up the stairs. Let me carry her over here. Like, she's like, you just move her places and she just stays there. (laughs) And I'm like, it's kind of the tea. Like, I've realized that, like, I can't handle dogs that are like any form of like excited when it's, I'm just like, I'm so not used to it because Daisy's just like, I'm just going to sit here for 12 hours. And so when a dog's like, I want to do something, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you like this? No, it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Like you get um, almost it's it's that whole I I love it when people are like, my dog's like a cat. My cat's like a dog. Uh, But it's kind of like that situation of like, those are some slightly cat like ten. I mean, cats like kind of do their own thing, but they do like to sit a lot. So a little bit of that going on, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Daisy's just not sure what animal she is because she also like drinks out of like a gerbil feeder. Oh, yeah. It's the weirdest thing. We were recording once, I remember, and she was drinking out of it. Yeah, it's the click, click, click. It's so loud. Because, yeah, it's just like a big metal ball and like a metal tube. But, um, so what have you been up to besides sweating more than you'd like? Um, doing a lot of, uh, well, uh, article reading i guess i don't know um okay. with everything going on right now trying to mm-hmm. educate myself as best as possible i'm not always the best with 
words or describing, you know, my opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously there's a lot to be opinionated on going on right now. Uh, and just trying to kind of take it, well, take it all in and also trying to share information. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's weird with social media. Social media is such a, a, a weird beast because it half is. the time I'm like, oh, I'm not going to share this. Everybody's already seen it. But then it's like, you you can't, you can't really be like that. You you know what I mean? Like, if you think something's important to share, go ahead and share. If they've already seen it, then cool. They'll keep, they keep scrolling. scrolling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's because of the importance of everything going on right now. Well, not even right now. I mean, it's been going on for hundreds of years. Um, but because of the amount of information coming out right now, I guess, uh, and in particularly like important information, um, you know, I've just kind of had that revelation of like, just share information, uh, share resources, share, you know, all that kind of stuff that you think is important. Yeah, I, Uh, I agree with that. I think, um, I kind of in a similar boat have just been trying to stay up on what's happening the best I can and just like you said now like it's kind of part of the reason why I did change my topic because we actually record I mean you know this already but for the listeners we recorded yeah. another episode that was supposed to go out instead of this but I just I ended up finding a topic that I think is just fitting for uh one what's happening in the world right now and two uh it's pride month so I think the story is kind of just like an uplifting one that can kind of involves both communities. I mean, I'm very excited to hear your story. Um, and yeah, we just we decided to not scrap the last one. We will put it out eventually. It'll come out eventually because it's a very yeah. fun episode. But, but we decided this uh, past Tuesday not to put our episode out uh, yeah. in, in regards to everything going on and really just to take that time to, uh, you know, read more and and educate ourselves more on things too uh right. which is i'm assuming kind of when you stumbled upon what you stumbled upon and well and- i've known about this for a while like this is oh, okay um, okay so it like kind of part- just came back to your sphere it kind of just like um because i've mentioned bits and pieces before i'm like now is the time to do a full episode about this mm-hmm it's such mystery to me. I'm like, I have no comment because I don't know what it is yet. Yeah. So, I mean, should we just get into it? Because we can always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do right. this. Okay, but well, first, what are you drinking? Oh, yeah. Um, Does it look delicious? It is a watermelon margarita. Oh, is it with a sparkling mm-hmm. watermelon water? It is. Well, no, no, it's not like a LaCroix one. This one actually has watermelon juice in it. So there is like some calories in the juice, but it's from Trader Joe's and they just have these like they're kind of small cans of like um, sparkling real juice, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Watermelon's one of them. And I was like, ooh, that would make a really good watermelon margarita. And I was right. Uh, It does. Um, That sounds delicious. And now I'm just considering next time, like because it's the summer of margaritas. Mm -hmm. No, you would. You would enjoy this. This is a very like refresh. I mean, margaritas are a re- more refreshing drink, um, unless they're made with really crappy mix, then they're yeah kind of disgusting. Uh, but <laughs> when you you know use the real juices and stuff, they can be incredibly refreshing. It makes such a difference. It makes such a difference to use like make your own sweet and sour mix. 
Yeah. And watermelon juice in particular is very refreshing. I know like uh, in the Southwest, you can buy it like you can buy lemonade in some cities. Mm -hmm. Like I remember, what was I? Santa Fe or something like that. And you would just see it like everywhere. And it's Uh. so I like it better than I mean, lemonade's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like a good lemonade. But there's something about the watermelon juice that like just hits the spot. I'm going to have to try that or even just throwing some chunks of watermelon in my blender. Mm-hmm. So it's much more exciting than what I'm drinking. I've just got like a watermelon LaCroix and vodka, which is delicious. Not mad at it, but it is it no is, watermelon margarita. That is odd, though, that we both have watermelon themed beverages. It's summer. This is, I a, guess, yeah, yeah. I haven't it's had the summer since. of margaritas and watermelon. Yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, watermelon is just one of the most, when it's in season, it's one of the most oh, delightful yeah. fruits. Oh, when it's yeah. not in season, it's it's not bad, but like when it's in season, it's yeah, the best. It, you know, every kid's, well, not every kid, my, me as a kid's favorite, you know, yeah, fruit. still probably is. Yeah, we're gonna, I go think cherries that. are my favorite fruit. I like cherries a lot. Uh, I'm still, I think, a re- like the perfect slice of watermelon is still going to be a oh, cherry yeah. for me. I like fruit that you have to work for. Fair. Got to get rid of a seed in both of those. You must freaking love oranges then, because half the time I think about having an orange, I'm like, that's a lot of work. It matters on the orange, though. If you get, what is it, like the miniolas or whatever, they peel much easier or like... The little clementines? Mm-hmm. Tangerines. Those are fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so some some peel better than others. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um it's fruit season. It's fruits. Fruit season. Mm-hmm. Now that I've got my fruity beverage too, I'm ready for a story. Good because <laughs> this one, um, it is like it's has something to do with something that's very near and dear to me. And like I, the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, this is a great thing. Mm-hmm. But have you heard of Ruth Ellis? Uh, I mean, I know that you have performed in um, events for the Ruth Ellis Center uh, fundraising events. Yeah. And that I know you have talked about Ruth Ellis very, very short before. I know. And so that's why I was like, it's time to go in. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. So before she passed away in the year 2000, she was the oldest surviving open lesbian and and she was an LGBT rights activist. Mm-hmm. And just had a huge role in the LGBT community in Detroit. Excellent. Because uh, she was 101 when she passed away. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. And just like an amazing woman. I'm going to get into it right away. So please do. She was born on July 23rd, 1899 in Springfield, Illinois. Mm-hmm. She was the youngest of five and the only girl. Her father, Charles, was the first African-American male carrier, male carrier in Illinois. Uh, unfortunately, her mother, Carrie, uh, passed away when Ruth was in her early teens. Aww. But in high school is when Ruth started to realize that she was attracted to women. Uh, she read the book The Well of Loneliness by Radcliffe Hall in 1915, which prompted her to research the term homosexual in a psychology book. Which are a little side note. I'm like, I hope it wasn't the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which until 1973 defined homosexuality as a mental disorder. So, oh, fun. gross. Yep. What is? Uh, do you know what the book? What was the name of the book that she read? That that the Well of Loneliness. Do you know much about that or have any information on that? Just 
we can strike this if <laughs> uh it's a lesbian novel by british author radcliffe hall that was a first published in oh it says 1928 interesting and what year would she have been reading this the source I had said nineteen fifty. We're gonna strike this, but um, so just like a lesbian novel, has a very Art Deco cover. Okay, fair. So you know, through this research, however, she found the term lesbian and kind of tried it on, and it fit, kind of thing. Like she's a female attracted to other females. Mm-hmm. But she didn't try and hide in the closet. Like, her family was super accepting, and she claimed that she never really had to come out to her father and brothers. And she said once in the interview that my father would let me have girlfriends over all the time. Nothing ever happened, except one night I had this girlfriend's day, and we made a little too much noise. The only thing my father ever said to me was, next time you girls make that much noise, I'll put you both out. (laughs) So, like, normal, just, like, parent. Right. Like, Like, keep it down. Yeah. Right. So, which is like amazing for considering it's like the 1910s. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah. So, in 1919, she graduated high school at a time when less than 7% of African Americans would do so. Wow. After graduation, she started working for a black owned printing company in Springfield and she was able to learn printing and typesetting. And. Sources can't agree when, but sometime between the 1920s and 1937, she met a woman named Cecilene Babe Franklin, um, who would become her both partner and lover. Um, a partner, like business partner. They went to business together, okay. but they would. Is it, uh, sorry. Is this still like. Oh, no, no, it's OK. It, it, screen printing business or like an alternative, like a different business? Like printing, just like okay. on paper. I think they made like okay. envelopes, things for churches, etc. Um, but so this would be the only woman that Ruth would ever live with and they would spend 30 years together. Mm -hmm. So it also in 1937, Ruth and Cecily would move to Detroit and I think at first Ruth got a job at another printing press in the city, but in the forties, she was able to earn enough to open their own business, the Allison Franklin printing co, which they ran out of their home on the West side. Oh, cool. Um, so now another stat at the this was at a time when less than one percent of Detroit businesses were owned by African American women. Wow. So just amazing that she has her own business. Yeah. That's yeah. What year this is what I'm sorry. In I'm the so early forties. I think this was like forty one. Oh, okay. Wow. That is yeah. very that's cool. Yeah. Their home would also get the nickname The Gay Spot, becoming a welcoming place for LGBTQ African-American youths, who unfortunately were not welcome at many of the gay bars in Detroit at the time. Uh, It became a refuge for the black LGBT youth of the city. She would support those in need with things like books, food, and even college tuition. And she really went out of her way to help the LGBTQ youth of the city. Like, um, I think part of it is, like, because she, you know, had that acceptance on an early age and... It's just, especially back then, just such not the case for everyone. I think she kind of wanted to be that for other youths mm-hmm. who were not as fortunate as her to have her family accept her. Because, I mean, this is a stat I'll get to later on, but even today, uh, 40% of the homeless youth is LGBT people. So oh. disproportionately affected by, and it's because, you know, they come out to their family and they're kicked out of their house. So. She yeah. would kind of yeah. she was really just like an awesome resource for like the 
queer black youth of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a quote from one of her longtime friends and activist, Kofi Adoma, who is also a black lesbian and they would work together on activism. But she talked about how Ruth inspired many of the black LGBTQ people to be themselves, quote, if she can do it and be happy and live a good life, why not us? Oh. So she kind of had this, basically, like, she was supportive and kind of, like, um... Just, like, I can only imagine, like, being, like, a confused LGBT, like, teenager, not really sure why, but or what's going on, just knowing you're different, but the uh, being able to see not only, like, this... Like, black woman who owns her own business, she lives with her partner, and just kind of seeing it like, you can make it through this, like, it's gonna suck, but, like, look at how beautiful it can be when you mm-hmm. make it through. So I just, I really, um, sorry, this it's just, like, kind of an emotional topic, just because it is, it hits close to home, and, um. That's fine. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, that makes total sense. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, let's we're gonna skip forward to the late sixties. Um, Franklin and Ellis would actually break up both as lovers and business partners. It didn't really say why. And unfortunately, the gay spot in their house was demolished as part of an urban renewal program in nineteen seventy one. What um, did, does it say like what was put in like in its place or anything? Probably yeah, a freeway okay. or something. Ugh. Um yeah. But like that didn't let Ruth that like didn't stop her from her activism or supporting her community. She would um, speak at festivals. She kind of started to get a little bit of like fame in the community just for being an older out lesbian who just like was doing the most. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1999, Ruth would turn a hundred, and this was also the year that her friends would take Ruth's inspiration and dedicate a. Uh, LGBT Youth Center in her name. So that's when they founded the Ruth Ellis Center. And again, they chose to name it for her because of all the LGBT youth that she had helped throughout her life. Doors of the center actually opened in September of 2000. And at 101 years old, Ruth Ellis would attend the opening. And so the original center was the first phase, and it was just a drop in center for at risk youth. It was like a safe space for them to hang out and just kind of meet others like them and just interact with their community. That is amazing. It's uh, a amazing that a uh, 101 is just, Oh, she was alive course. for that whole century. Like that's gotta Incredible. be rare. Yeah. <laughs> and just like being an out lesbian since 1915. Yeah. And going all the way to 2000 and just literally seeing like, what happened in like a hundred years from when mm-hmm. so just and also her being able to see like the opening of of that center and seeing like the impact that you know she had uh i don't know i feel like you always hear those stories of like they died right before that happened or you know what i mean and it, it's right. really cool that she was at that you know that she got to see that happen in her lifetime and what a, ro- like, mean, what a it, roller coaster like of right and i can only imagine how it would have felt to kind of like you know she wasn't doing this for notoriety or anything she was just like doing it to like legitimately help the community and yeah. to just see the culmination of her efforts like manifest itself in like 
an actual like organization with a physical building to like continue on her work, which is what the center does to this day. That's amazing. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, like passed away before it happened. But, like, I think she was holding on just for this because unfortunately on October 5th of 2000, Ruth passed away in her sleep. Which peacefully to go. So, yeah, no, that sounds that's yeah, that's the dream, you know, live yeah. long, die in your sleep. Yeah. And like she stayed active her whole life. So she, you know, she like had an amazing 101 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to kind of get. Oh, oh, I was just going to ask really quick. Where is the center center uh, physically located? Um, So there's actually a couple now, which is amazing. Okay. I think the main building is in Highland Park, like right on right in the like. Um, I know the original center was actually across from Palmer Park and across from a strip club. Unfortunately, that center is like the original building is no longer there, but they have moved up the road into Highland Park proper because they're kind of on the border before where like the uh, like the main building is now. Okay. So, yeah, so she passed away uh, in her sleep in October 5th, 2000, uh, but her legacy lives on with the center. Like, the center is still open today, and it's, like, grown and gotten better. Uh, It is one of only four centers in the country dedicated specifically to LGBTQ homeless youth. Wow. Um, Which, again, like, I mentioned this debt earlier, but according to a study done by the University of Chicago that 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQ. Yeah, wow. Adoma, who I mentioned earlier, friend and activist of Ruth. And Adoma, when she was speaking about Ruth's commitment to helping the LGBTQ youth, she said that it was, quote, Because oftentimes when we see these youth come out to say their parents, their relatives, and loved ones, the family might not necessarily be accepting and in effect might be rejecting. Mm-hmm. So I think this is kind of like, to steal a line from Will and Grace, this was Ruth's way of getting it forward. Um, cute. which I really enjoy that phrase. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's a cute phrase. Well, cause it's play it, for, you know? Yeah. But I yeah. think it is important to just kind of like, I'm try to trying to make things easier for the next generation of LGBTQ and just, you know, knowing that you had it good is great for you, but kind of just passing that along to people who might not have had an easy time with it so i again like i said this hits close to home for me and i'm very passionate about this organization so um and you know this is like a big part of the ruth ellis center i have another quote from a about it quote that's what we try to teach some of the kids at the ruth ellis center also be who you are love yourself respect yourself and at the same time realize that you still live in a society that has yet to embrace our existence unfortunately oh which i think is another really apt quote too because you know i like this is uh oddly enough from drag race from the newly crowned spoiler alert uh jada jada essence hall Mm -hmm. uh she said the way you feel about yourself is just as important as how everyone else feels about you. So um, I think that was another apt quote, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, a hundred percent accurate. If not even the way you feel about yourself mattering even more, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so I just want to get into some of the services that are offered by the center. First off, there's the health and wellness center, which is everything from like quick doctor visits, STI treatment and testing, Birth control, HIV prevention services, and transition care for transgender youths. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to stress how great that that is for the transgender youth because having access to healthcare, like a healthcare team that not only is knowledgeable about transgender issues because it's not something they regularly teach at medical school. It's not something that is like routinely taught to any medical staff. It's kind of something they have to seek it out. Mm-hmm. So having that knowledgeable st- staff, but also compassionate too, because just because someone's a doctor doesn't necessarily mean that they're always going to be compassionate to everyone, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, you need like safety at the the doctor's office. Or you, people should feel right. safe when they're at the, their doctor. Right. Like it's, it just makes such a difference to be comfortable around your medical, like your doctor, your PCP, if you will, um, mm-hmm. primary care physician. If you don't feel comfortable with your doctor, you're not going to feel comfortable telling them what's wrong, what's wrong. And if you don't tell them what's wrong or what's happening, they can't help you as well. So mm-hmm. I just yeah. I think it's really great that they have the Health and Wellness Center. They also uh, have a drop in center. So I kind of think this is like this gay spot 2.0. It's just like with home. It's a safe space for the community to just like hang out, be amongst their peers. Uh, there's also various support groups and. They provide help with like education and job assistance. So having access to computers help with like resumes, printers, etc. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, there's also what's called Ruth's House, which is a nine-bed residential care facility for LGBTQ youth between 12 and 17 that are under guardianship of the state's Department of Health and Human Services, providing quote. An open, home-like, community-based setting with programming and services that are heavily focused on developing the practical coping skills that will ensure successful living as an LGBTQ adult. Wow, that's awesome. Yes, that's good, too. There's also the Kofi House, named for Kofi Adoma, who I've mentioned her a few times, friend of Ruth Ellis, fellow activist, and co-founder of the Ruth Ellis Center. Uh, so named to her, but it's also known as the Center for Lesbian and Queer Women and Girls and provides support for education, workforce development, health and wellness, family and, parent, parent, uh, family and parenting support and mentoring, and juvenile justice and foster care support, which is, again, amazing. And I think recently what formed was the Ruth Ellis Institute that is focused on improving life for LGBT youth at a national level through education and evaluation. Mm-hmm. And just... Uh, Looking towards the future, I found a Detroit News article from this February that talks about how the Ruth Ellis Center is working on a new project that's a 43-unit building for LGBT people from 18 to 25 years of age with a special emphasis on providing stable housing for transgender women of color, which wow. is just great because the, they're the marginalized and the marginalized. They are disproportionately affected by violence and just everything. So it's amazing that they're going to have this for the trans, like for all LGBT people, but like especially trans women of color. And I think it also mentioned they're going to have on site, like substance problems. So you like don't necessarily be clean. So I know sometimes with homeless shelters, uh, they'll make you be clean. And it's like how they'll help you get clean basically. And just like Mm -hmm. really just kind of, help you rehab your life and it's permanent housing. So it's not like they're going to kick you out anytime. It's just an amazing thing. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited that Ruth's legacy not only is continuing, but growing and reaching people in new and amazing ways that like, 
Well, yeah, it I sounds, think, uh, yeah, it sounds like a very inclusive, like support system, uh, with that project. And, uh, did you say that's, is that in Detroit that, that housing yeah, that'll be? be in Detroit. They're still building it right now. Like I said, they, okay. I think they just like broke ground on it in February or something, but mm-hmm. that's what they're working on right now. Cool. That is awesome. Yeah. And like, you know, I've talked about this organization, like you mentioned, I, we talked about them probably mm-hmm. a while ago now, but, um, it's just, again, one that I'm passionate about, one that's close to my heart. Um, I was lucky enough to have a supportive family, but I know that isn't the case for many people in the LGBTQ uh, community. So I was just happy that in Detroit we have this amazing resource for the community. Yeah. It seems like uh, Ruth Ellis felt the same way. Like, Yeah. Yeah, she, she wanted to be support for people who didn't have it, even though, you know, she didn't necessarily have as much pushback or right whatnot like basically like i'm trying to think of the quote of like basically like not pulling up the ladder once you get out up kind of thing like mm-hmm. you leave like you help how you can the people still affected and like you know this wasn't the topic we originally had planned for today um mm-hmm. and i just first of all wanted to take the chance to recognize and celebrate a black lesbian who just did the most she was like less than one percent of black black female business owners at her time and just doing the most to support her community so i thought it was just a really apt topic for right now and also just personally i was you know when i was before i was doing this topic i kind of was scrolling social media this week and i saw a tiktok calling someone out for trying to be homophobic in the black lives matter movements and being selective of which black lives matter and kind of the person, in the video is like black lives matter, period. End of sentence, no asterisks. Like that's like, you, you, it's not a pick and choose kind of thing. It's black lives matter. Yeah, no, you can't within something, a structure like that. Like not everybody is going to agree about every part of, everything going you know what i mean like you have to but you have to look at the 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 bigger picture and you know if you're on the side of black lives matter it is going to be inclusive for all black lives matter uh and even if you're in the camp of like all lives matter then you you can't say that because it starts with all black lives matter you know like you have to you're you're either within the dialogue or you're not within the dialogue of that. And that dialogue is so important. Um, you know, cause we, we were talking about hundreds of years of oppression and yes, it's not the only group that has felt oppression, but that's not, it's not really trying to, that's not what it's trying to say. And yeah. you can't pick and choose parts of that. You have to definitely, again, all black lives matter. <laughs> like that right. is, a hundred percent agree. Could not agree more with you. Uh, and that TikTok, mm-hmm. even though I didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, um, and also too, like there's an Instagram post that I actually shared too from an account called LGBT underscore history. Um, it's an amazing account. I highly recommend following them, especially now that it's pride month because it's just amazing old photos from just poignant moments in LGBT history. Uh, I think it's mainly in America, but I don't think it's exclusively American LGBT history, but uh, they shared a photo from the first Christopher street liberation day in New York, which was a 
the one year anniversary of the Stonewall riots. And I think it was kind of thought of as like the first pride too. Um, and the photo was just a gr- of a group of people of all colors around a sign that said gay people in solidarity with all oppressed peoples. And it kind of just like one, like I took it as a call to action. Like I personally need to do better in supporting the black lives Matter, but like be more active in my support. And also just really highlighted that, you know, while these communities may seem separate, there's a lot of overlap in -hmm. them. And just kind of like, I think recognizing that overlap. And like you said, like, you know, black lives matter, but like all like, you know, that covers queer people in the black community, like, Mm -hmm. and uh, again, in the queer community, the LGBT community, you know, there's black women. So it's kind of like, we all have to be here for each other. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was just like a really, I don't, it just like really was a call for action to me, which is kind of, so, I, you know, you know, I don't, on social media, I try not to get too like political or talk about anything that's going on. But yeah. again, the time for silence is over. Um, and just, I'm trying to be better, do better in my support. Um and especially when we have a platform like this, like I know we're not freaking this American life or whatever, yeah. but this is we, not a political podcast. It's not. And we but don't have a huge have fe- reach, but we, yeah, well, sometimes we have feelings about things though. And right. And it's important to talk about them. Yeah. Yes. It's, yes. Even, even if we upset somebody by this, then this podcast isn't for you anyway. So. Right. And just like <laughs> this upsets you probably. We'll do something I don't know else how to you upset got you down the, the line. Place. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so just um, leave now. Yeah. So, um, and that's part of the reason too. I'm trying to be more vocal is to hold myself accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it's it's been a heavy week, and I. Yeah. No, it's it's a lot to take on, and it is a lot. Some people are very good at being vocal and some people, you know, just I know I struggle because I am afraid of not using like the correct wording or like like saying something and not actually conveying my actual feelings or thoughts. Um, right. And I want to make sure to to say what I'm thinking and not mess that up, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And so it it is hard sometimes. And social media can be such a great place, but can also be such a disgusting place at times too, where it really polarizes people. And, you know, this is not the time for that polarization. So, you know, it is the time to listen to people and also be compassionate with people and, you know, help educate each other and support, you know, support each other too. And realize that not everybody is going to be, that's not everybody's role is necessarily to be the eloquent verbal person. Everybody has a role to play and they can be different roles. Right. And like I, you know, this isn't like, I don't think this is like a left, this shouldn't be a left or right thing. This is about showing up and supporting a community that's been systematically oppressed for entirely too long and just fighting for equality for all people, no matter the color of skin or sexual orientation or gender identity. Mm -hmm. We just, it's, it's Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did have some 
I might not be eloquent with words, but I do have I did want to end with um two quotes from Martha P. Johnson, which if you don't know who she is, she um was a trans woman of color, one of the co-founders of the Gay Liberation Front, which fought for gay rights in the 70s. And what she's most known for is um is said that she threw the first brick at Stonewall. So Oh, okay. Just like fierce activist. But I have two quotes from her that I really liked. The first one is no pride for some of us without liberation for all of us. And the second one, history isn't something you look back at and say it was inevitable. It happens because people make decisions that are sometimes very impulsive and of the moment. But those moments are cumulative realities. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That is accurate. <laughs> and just before I forget sources, the Ruth Ellis Center website, Michigan Women Forward website, michiganradio.org, the Detroit News, Sangamon County Historical Society and Wikipedia. Yeah, I wanted to this episode, Ruth Ellis. I need more people need to know about her, and I think it's just a great example of doing what you can to support the community at a local level and just fighting for change at, at every level you can because it's not going to be national change overnight. Mm-hmm. It's got to be just doing what you can from where you're at. Yeah. Not everybody has the same um, capabilities available to them. But yeah, if everybody does what they can, that's the that's movement forward. You know, like that's the whole yeah. idea of a movement is a collective of people coming together uh, for mm-hmm. a specific cause. And not everybody's going to have the same specific contributions to make to that. But together, that's how things can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So that was awesome. I am so happy. You covered that topic. Me too. And I, I really like that you went with something that like you have, you know, passion for. Uh, mm. And I almost want to cry uh, a little bit just because that was. Really- I got I definitely got a little teary out a couple times during this episode with yeah. talking about everything. Um, and that's I mean, that's. It's a lot of. Uh, very serious things and very serious subjects and that's okay and it's okay to cry yeah um but yeah no that was really nice and thank you yeah uh so yeah go ahead i oh, think no, we're doing a little different today right yeah uh so normally we end with uh two truths and a lie but uh there is a lot going on right now and while i love a good game we're just gonna play a little game called all truths yes in which everything is true, if that was not implied already. <laughs> uh, so we are recording this on um, Brianna Taylor's birthday. And, you know, there's been um, a lot going around of different funds and things like that. And I did find this one website uh, from NewYorkMag.com strategist. And mm-hmm. it's a where to donate for Black Lives Matter. It's got a list of, I think it was 115 items. And they kind of categorized it by like, areas of focus i guess and mm-hmm. so when thinking about that there was like the victim memorial fund so there was um justice for brianna taylor gianna floyd fund um james scurlock memorial fund i run with ma george floyd memorial fund and plenty of others as well and then there's also like the bailout fund so mm-hmm. things like detroitjustice.org um youth oriented community organizations like girl trek or black girls code uh policy mm-hmm. reform uh, American Civil Liberties Union, so ACLU, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, Reclaim mm-hmm. the Black, Color of Change, uh, Police Reform, so like the National Police Accountability Project, Campaign Zero, which came out 
uh, recently with 8cantwait.org, which is it identifies uh, eight solutions to reduce police brutality by 72 percent. And you can mm-hmm. actually go and see if you're or you can see your city on there. So Detroit is on there and it helps list what areas Detroit has implemented and what areas it hasn't. So you can contact appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, legal defense fund. So like the NWACP, Transgender Law Center, uh, Black LGBTQIA plus migrant project. It's mm-hmm. mouthful. Um, yeah. um a lot of lgbtq funds on there actually which i didn't know what your topic was uh Uh but there is a a large section for that like trans justice funding project gays and lesbians living in transgender society um some mental health organizations like the loveland foundation national queer and trans therapists of color network and plenty of other places and you know if you have it available to you even just nominating a little is helpful because if a lot of people do mm-hmm. a little, it can equal a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people like Ruth Ellis, oddly enough, uh, yeah. again, didn't know what you're doing today. Um, doing there is good out there and yeah, you find the good and you support the good in what, in what way you can. And maybe it's through donation, maybe it's through volunteering. So that is all the truths. Love it. um yeah and like i i know this is kind of like a heavier episode for us um but i think it was important to talk about i think it i like again ruth ellis i think is an amazing example of doing what you can to support your communities Mm -hmm. um so i'm glad i was able to cover her today and hope i did it justice i hope i didn't get anything wrong but um yeah I think uh, that pretty much yeah. starts to wrap us, right? I was just going to say thank you again because um, I I enjoyed learning more about because I've heard the name but knew none of that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it's okay to be heavy sometimes. Sometimes things are heavy. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, laugh still during them. We had a right. few chuckles. We had a few giggles yeah. here and there. Uh, but it's okay it to have serious. It's important to still find the joy when you can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of this, too, and part of being able to help with things is also taking care of yourself and taking care of uh, your mentality and, you know, your mental um, health and, Mm -hmm. you know, laughter can help with that. So, you know, don't don't stop laughing, but it's okay to be serious, too. Yeah. 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 Um, So, again, uh, if you are part of an organization or. If there's anything that you want to promote to help with anything, let us know at DetroitStrange at gmail.com, at DetroitStrange on Instagram and Twitter, and DetroitStrange on Facebook. Or if you know us personally, just message us, talk to us. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to try and use this platform, help however we can. Yeah. On top of our personal contributions. Yeah. We're here to, we're here to listen. We're here to learn. And we're here to share. Yeah. So join us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um until next time. Yeah. Stay, stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sax and Violence. 